This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen. How's it going, Miles? Good, Andrew. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm excited to be in the studio and catching up on some news. We have a, a couple of big updates to some stories that we've talked about before, some new things to talk about, some upcoming events. So it should be a fun, maybe short, but uh, an insightful episode if you're looking for stuff to do coming up or wondering what's going on right now. And there's some kind of big news yeah. in this mix too. Yeah, that's true. And y- you kind of think that like, oh, 4th of July is over. Woo, we made it. Things are going to slow down, but things are never going to slow down. Miles. <laughs> there's always something cool going on. Let's talk first about kind of a big news slash clarification slash kind of giving people some more context about Top Chef. So one of the, the leads in the paper was Top Chef comes to Door County. And uh, that's pretty exciting. But give me the background on, on what that really means. Yeah, so Top Chef, the Bravo TV television show, it's a reality TV competition. They had a big announcement that came out Monday, and the initial announcement said Top Chef to film in Madison, Milwaukee, and Door County. And, of course, that spread like wildfire, and people were all pumped up. And then I was looking at the Top, or the top Chef Bravo TV announcement a little more closely, and they don't actually say they're coming to film in Door County. They focus on, they specifically say Madison, Milwaukee, but then they mention that Destination Door County is involved in the production, along with like Travel Wisconsin and a bunch of other different tourism bureaus and the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. So that led me to just call Destination Door County directly to find out like, what, what does this mean? So are they filming or what is this? And they actually said, I talked to John Jarish and Julie Gilbert, and they said they didn't really know this announcement was coming out. And then it suddenly did. And they're like, whoa, what exactly does this mean? They'd been working it. They've been working behind the scenes to help make this happen for like a year. But then the announcement kind of comes from the big corporate TV heads. And part of that is because it's a competition show. So they got to kind of keep things close to the vest. But it is coming to Wisconsin. It will involve Door County in some way. But there is not any sort of guarantee or expectation that they'll actually be coming up here and filming in Door County. Right. But they could. But they could. But they could. My hunch would be something along the lines of, uh, you know, featuring Door County cherries or something like that in some of the challenges or menu items and then possibly having some B-roll about, you know, because who's not going to want to show 10 seconds of a beautiful cherry orchard or something. So maybe that changes, but that's as of what I was told this week, that's what it is. Well, if they're going to get that beautiful cherry B-roll, they only got a couple weeks to do it. Yeah. Because, uh... (laughs) coming to quit. I don't know if the pick your owns are ready yet, but it should be pretty soon. I think they are. The The sweet ones already have been for a little while. And I think the tart cherries are underway now. I, I think they are. Yeah. My cherry expertise goes up into the minute that they blossom. And then I know nothing else. Yeah. I'm not, are they blooming guy? Not the, are they ready Once to that's eat? Done, your work for the year is over. Yep. Then I go back to sleep and then <laughs> go back into hibernation. Yep, wake up early May. Ready to, ready to check Sorry, again. Victoria. Am I, I'm only a week, wake this one, one week of the year. You take care of the kids for the other. Well, I, I have to stay awake sitting in the cherry orchard for like three to five weeks. Yeah. Just so that I get the exact minute that they just blossom. Staring. And in order to have that energy reserve, I need to sleep the rest of the year. It's the only way. 
Uh, if you've ever seen me in person, you'll my build is like a bear because that's how my metabolism works. I have to hibernate. You have to store it. Yeah. So this is Top Chef. This is not to be confused with Iron Chef, which is one of my favorite TV programs, mostly because the Iron Chef Morimoto comes out and takes a big bite of a bell pepper at the beginning of every episode. I have not seen that. You've never seen Iron Chef? Oh, no, it's I've so seen good. some parts of Iron Chef, but I don't particularly recall the big bite of the bell pepper. It's the best part of every episode. It's like he comes out and just takes a big bite with a flourish of a bell pepper, and then he reveals what the ingredient's going to be. I'll be impressed when you start doing that every day you walk into the office. Come in and eat a bell pepper? My yeah. son loves to eat whole bell peppers. He's, he's a wild and crazy kid. <laughs> I, I won't go on too many kid tangents, although... I, I could because I've been spending a lot of time with my children lately <laughs> with both the 4th of July holiday and, you know, a couple sick days. Me and my son have been getting very, very close together recently, like him <laughs> sitting on my shoulders close all the time. So I mentioned that there uh, are some updates to some kind of longer standing stories, including an update on the Redmond property, which we talked a lot about I don't think it was last year. It was a couple of years ago years at this ago, point. Four years ago, yeah. Yeah, when there was some some big discussion about turning it like into a bicycle park, mm-hmm. among other things. Those discussions kind of died down. There was a vote to buy it, wasn't there? And then it, it was a voted no? Yeah, well, there was a vote on the... The voters were asked whether they want the town to buy it, and they had voted that down pretty resoundingly. This was in, I believe it's 2019, but really the last three years meld into one. But at that time... The town brought forward a proposal for the town to buy almost 200 acres of what's commonly referred to as the Redmond property, but it's essentially the property kind of behind the settlement shops and settlement courtyard in on Highway 42. And then that stretches down to the bluff line and then below the bluff to the Fish Creek watershed, the actual Fish Creek waterway itself, and kind of surrounds that waterway. And... It could be an amazing spot for a lot of different uses or just to be left alone, whatever they might choose. And that connects to Fish Creek Park, which actually is accessed on Highway 42 across from like not like yet in the Peninsula State Park entrance. So sort of could connect to Peninsula State Park. Probably the most hidden park entrance out there. Not because it's particularly like hiding it's just in the weirdest spot like it's hard to park there and you have to like go off the highway and, and you don't really notice it's like you could drive by it a hundred times and not yeah. realize it's a park until you stop and are doing it on foot and you go oh this is kind of cool and here's this creek and you know there's not a lot of like river type features in door county and yeah. that has a little bit of a river feel once you go down into it it's great just yeah. knowing that it's there yeah is the hard part and it's cool this little hidden park in the middle of fish creek one of yeah. the busiest places in the county does this does this property kind of you said it's behind the settlement shops does it like butt right up against it to the point where like let's say you bought it and you developed something cool on it would it basically expand town yes that's yeah. okay because I, I was going to say downtown but i don't know what part of town that is well what you yeah. would call that part of town that part on the like by lot and box orchard like kind of like the uptown fish creek sort of sure <laughs> or as i often refer to that whole area and there including Judville, like sort of purgatory. Like, where is that? <laughs> where <Right>. am I? <laughs> yeah. So um, that would be, that would be kind of, it would basically connect that Lautenbach settlement shops area to, to the downtown fish Creek. Yeah. Cause itself. it goes right up to not like it. That, that would be pretty, that would be a pretty wild change depending on how things are done in terms of just like expanding what the town of fish Creek is or could well, be. Right. So just to put a bow on that 
that proposal from a few years ago was at a cost of $2.15 million to buy 200 acres. Town voted no. And then some further development, because that, that whole stretch is actually, not to get too into the weeds, because you could go back to old podcasts and find a ton of details about it, but it is actually permitted for a massive amount of development. And it's kind of grandfathered in pre-zoning stuff. <laughs> like you could do hundreds of units there. And that was one of the arguments for buying it. And then the odd thing is, after it got voted down, some of that development started. They built a few things. And neighbors started emailing me to say, hey, they're developing at the Redmond property. You should really do a story about this. I'm like, I just wrote about 10,000 words about what could be developed on that property. Like, did you miss it all? And this person goes, well, you know, I voted against that purchase, but, you know, this is really, this is really disturbing. And I was like, yeah. Well, it's one of those you things. You got a chance. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things where, like. Literally, like, this whole NIMBY thing just plays out in such a weird way. Right, but when you have an opportunity in a parcel like that, that really could impact a ton of stuff in that area. That's the kind of thing that you probably want the town to buy other than, you know, because if it goes to a private developer, nobody has any say into what goes in there. If it goes to the town, odds are they're going to develop things that benefit the people who are in the town (laughs) or who, who travel through the town. So a few things that are different this time around, it's a slightly smaller portion of that property. Now it's being offered 118 acres for 1.5 million. And from what the town sent us and told our reporter, Sam Watson, they already have $750,000 secured in grants, and they expect to secure grants and donations, and they expect to pay for it all without putting it on the tax rolls. Like, not the, the voters won't actually have to pay for this if, from what the town is saying. So that changes this question dramatically. What those grants are, I don't know yet, and we're going to have more on that in the next issue. We're going to be diving in a lot more. But, you know, if those are land trust grants, then that means we're Knowles-Nelson type grants that they expect to get. Well, those would mean you're not developing that property. So if they are economic development grants, that's a totally different question. And my, my hunch is not that, but last time around, if you remember, one of the reasons this failed was Instead of securing the land and then deciding what to do, the town kind of had a lot of proposals out there for a satellite UWGV campus, affordable housing, possible bike trails, and they talked about it as a the Neuro Research Station location. So they had all these things thrown in there. That's just a lot for voters to think about, and it's a lot of things to scare people, honestly, particularly the housing thing. Like, for whatever reason, everyone's scared about you know, people getting shelter. So <laughs> the, this time around, they're not talking about any of that as of yet. We'll see what happens. They have some public information meetings coming up. You'll have more information about that, both in the Pulse and Pulse Picks. I'm sure we'll write a couple of different things about this. We do have some a cool aerial shot of the property in this week's Pulse for people to get. For those who don't know at all what this property is, it, hopefully that will help center it for you in terms of where this is and what it looks like and, and what that potentially could look even as like a natural feature. Personally, I'd say like, hey, you could, I could foresee there being some really cool trails in there and really yeah. some ways to connect pedestrians from downtown Fish Creek to the settlement area yeah. without it being by car because you could have a really cool walk through there. Right. Who knows what they plan on doing, but. Yeah. Skate park. Yeah, yeah, skate park <laughs> down the bluff would be cool. Um, I think that's probably the ideal yeah, thing well, for that, Fish Creek. That's how I would connect the two. Yeah. You just do skateboard rentals. <laughs> But 
at this point, you know, some people might say, why are they bringing this back? Personally, I would say kudos to Fish Creek. And you know, I'm not the quickest to say that, but kudos to Fish Creek for being persistent about it because I think it is a rare opportunity. And kudos to you, Miles, for saying kudos to Fish Creek. <laughs> See, I can change. But they are sticking with this and looking for an alternative way to do it. We'll see what the voters say. This time they're doing it really quick. They're doing the votes July 26th. So we'll know the answer very quickly. So we won't have to do months of podcasts about it. And then another thing that I can give kudos to Fish Creek about. I'm shocked. Or not, I'm shocked. Two and, I'm shocked. Two and two one, one podcast. Careful, Miles. You're running out of your quota. I know, I know. Let me calm down. The much maligned beach bathrooms for the town of Gibraltar. I thought we were done with this. What's happening now? I went by there the other day because it came up in the village of Sister Bay where apparently there's a concern that too much grass is dying around the bathrooms. And so they need to keep people off the grass, which probably might just have more of a fact to do. It's like, it's really busy there and it's been the driest summer of all time, but they want to build a fence around the bathrooms so people don't step onto the grass, which will never work. But anyway, it will just be a place where kids will climb the fence and flip over it and step on the grass. At least I would. Anyway. Also, if you build a fence around the grass, you can't see the grass. So who cares if it's dead or not? <laughs> so it's a weird, it's a weird thing to think of as a problem, but that's what they're talking about. Sure. So I went down to Fish Creek and I was like, you know, I think I remember seeing Lori Buskey doing a really nice job with the flowers down there around their bathroom. So I stopped by there the other day and beautiful morning. And sure enough, like they don't have a fence around there. They just have Lori and and possibly some other people have done a beautiful job just landscaping that with perennials that looks awesome. And there's no fences and there's no dead grass because it's all mulch and it just guides people into those bathrooms. So, and there is now a small playground. Now it did take the town of Gibraltar like 19 years to get this all together, but the final product is, you know, the bathrooms are looking nice. The, the playground, uh, some small playground is finally back there in the park and it's starting to take shape longer than a lot of people would have liked, but I got to give them a little credit where credit's due. Nice. When you said that the, the grass was dying around the bathroom, I was like, oh no, the bathroom stink. It's too <laughs> toxic. It's killing the grass. What are they going to do? Maybe they that's the story we should tell. Yeah. They didn't install proper filtration systems and now the bathroom ick is coming out. And Well, it is, you know, Sister Bay right now, it is just a, it's a, it's a crime, Speak, it's a crime of, ridden cesspool. Well, I was going to say, speaking of bathroom <laughs> ick, Sister Bay is, I was like, what is that segue, Miles? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, well, I was covering the parks meeting and it is interesting to go to Sister Bay. And as somebody who walks around Sister Bay constantly, you know, when you have a three and a one-year-old, you're at the nearest playground all the time. And that's where we are. And the nearest beach all the time. So we're down there a lot and we go out a lot. And it is pretty interesting to sit, to experience Sister Bay on a day-by-day -day basis and then sit in certain board meetings and the, the massive disconnect between the experience I see and the concerns that some board members are talking about and staff members, uh, it's truly mind boggling. So they have been talking about hiring law enforcement in Sister Bay because it's some, Patrice Champeau has said it's not safe, it's dangerous in Sister Bay. Others have said it's the wild, wild west. We need to get this under control. So <laughs> it's so funny when I go down there, I'm like, where? There's vandalism, there's garbage, there's a trash problem. The police are chasing Spidey down the street constantly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm walking around and I just, I can't find the garbage. I, I don't know. I just can't find the problems that are being spoken of. And yet, other than like, you know, nine out of 10 people wanting real sand on the beach. But it's just a, it's a weird thing. The, yeah. the, what, what can sometimes be focused on? Whereas I think if you talk to the general community might get a totally different perception about like what was important or not. Right. You know what they say though, if you can't see the problem, you are the problem. So maybe they're talking about you. Maybe it's me. Maybe 
maybe it's me and the other all the other dad bods down there pushing swings and, and moms pushing strollers that are just too much to bear yeah, for certain the, people. The crumbs falling out of your kids' clothes. <laughs> that's the litter and, and that they're talking about. Yeah. There was reports of people defecating on the street, apparently. All right. I have a hunch that that might be dogs, not people. But that's, Yeah, real big tan-colored dogs. I, I also have not come across a defecation, so I'll keep my eye out for it. Okay, let's take a break, and then when we come back, going to talk about a couple of things that are coming up, and uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up quickly. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kewanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. Okay, we are back. There is a pretty big event that's coming up soon, but before we talk about it, I just want to step back to last week. We didn't cover this, and I just want to check in. The Hairpin Run was on July 4th. Yeah. How'd it go? Awesome. There were over 1,070 runners taking part in the race this year. And for those who don't know, the Hairpin Run is this great 4th of July kickoff event held in Fish Creek every year, and it benefits the Friends of Gibraltar, which put on enrichment programs for Gibraltar students that started back when I was in elementary school and brought in a lot of great artists and musicians and authors to Gibraltar School. And... Continues to, you know, 40 years, a great deal of impact there. So it's a great fundraiser for that program. And it's a really fun event. Like people charge up the hill, have to race down the hairpin, finish on Cottage Row, and then head off to your 4th of July festivities. So 1,000 people, it's big money for the fog. It's probably the most challenging first five minutes of any race ever (laughs) (laughs) because you are sprinting up the Fish Creek Hill before you turn the yeah. hairpin and go down. It's like, here, here, get excited. But it's also a really interesting photo opportunity seeing a thousand plus people standing in the street. In the middle in of the Fish street, Creek, yeah. Getting ready to go. It always, it's always a cool It's a lot of big visual. families, like a lot of big family reunion type, like 15 people from the same yep. family going out there. And even though it starts in a very strange spot, most of the run is really beautiful. And you're just oh, yeah. kind of, especially the end where you come in by... Where is that? Cottage Row up behind Pelletiers. Yeah. The ending kind of like tree corridor that you're coming down. It's, it's very, very pretty. My wife ran it a couple of years ago and it, it, it was a lot of fun. And a lot of the people on Cottage Row and along the course actually do a great job sitting at the end of their driveway and just cheering people on. Yeah. Now you could do that in some cases. People complain about these things being in the way. And then some people are like, you know what? Yeah, I can't get out of my driveway for 45 minutes. But instead, I'm going to cheer around these kids and families coming through. Yeah. I like people like that. Me too. Coming up, though, for people who, you know, aren't satisfied with just running a race, they, they have to go the extra mile. We've got a triathlon coming up. Yes. Door County Triathlon is back, and uh, it's not this weekend, is it? Yeah. It is this weekend. Yeah. Prepare, Door County, if you're about to get a bunch of people running, biking, and swimming this weekend, including one of my favorite events of the entire year, which is the kids try because it's the cutest thing. Yeah. I love looking at all the kids with their swim caps and goggles on lined up waiting to do the swimming portion of the kids try, but I'll, I'll let you give us kind of an intro and then we can, we can walk through the triathlon a little bit. Yeah. Triathlon weekend. If if you're somebody who's been debating getting in shape or 
getting more active or anything. It's a great weekend to feel worse about yourself. Okay, good. I'm so glad that you didn't go. The triathlon is a really great place to start that journey because it's like, I don't know, man, you'll die in the first three minutes in the water. It's not a great first step. But then again, I mean, if you're, if you're out of shape and you try a triathlon and you make it, I mean, good on you. Yeah. Your, your journey has begun. So there's, there's three events. There's the sprint triathlon that is Saturday morning. And it, it's good to know this just from a traffic standpoint, you know, if you're trying to avoid some of this because it does interrupt some driving in certain areas at certain times. So the sprint triathlon takes place. All of this happens at Murphy Park. Starts there. And then it's a 0.25 mile swim, an 18 mile bike ride, which just goes down Bayshore Drive and back. And then a 3.1 mile run at the finish. And if that doesn't sound daunting enough, on Sunday, the half iron triathlon is a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike ride, and a 13.1 mile run at the end. And that 13.1 mile run includes going up two of the toughest climbs you'll find in Door County, Harbor Heights Road, which is south of Egg Harbor from Whitecliff Road, back up to the highway. It's uh, one of those hills that just never seems to end every, and it just, and you go around a turn and it's still going. And then you have, and that's at like the mile six and a half point. And then at the mile nine mark, you have a climb up Alpen Lane to Sunny Slope, which is basically nobody can run up that. It's so steep. You just can't. I used to ride the school bus down that road and it was always scary on a bus. Like, especially in winter, because you'd be like, oh, we're, we're all going to die on this one. And that coming at the end of a mile swim, a 56-mile bike ride, and then nine miles into your run, that's hell. When you were when you were describing the distances for the sprint, I was like, any one of those individually <laughs> would shred the <laughs> muscles off my bones. And then you went into the marathon, and I was like, this is a superhero movie you're describing. This isn't real. Well, speaking of said superheroes, my nephew, Jacob, Dan Hausenbrun, and your former colleague at Filmworks yep. for, for a summer here is coming back into town. He lives in Seattle now and he's doing the half iron triathlon. And if you remember, like when he first came up here, you wouldn't say, Hey, Jacob's going to be a triathlete, <laughs> but I, uh, well. he's, he's busted, but he got into cycling after spending that summer up here and has been doing some triathlons. So he's, uh, he was texting me about like, where are those hills again? I'm like, oh, mile nine. He's like, oh, that's going to be terrible. <laughs> like, and then after you get up that bluff, there's like a long straightaway in the sun. So it's, if it's a hot day, that's maybe even rougher than the bluff because there's just not a lot of shade on that little stretch of road. How so, old is he? Jacob is now 25. All right. Well, he's lived a, a long life. He's... <laughs> he's due. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, do, <laughs> what more does he want? Yeah. At this point, yeah. Might as well. In this economy, yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> but then the other event that's taking place is on, and, and so that the bike portion of the half iron on Sunday will interrupt Bayshore Drive and some Sevastopol back roads throughout the day. But then the run portion goes kind of down Whitecliff Road, back up, and then the runners will come through the highway in Egg Harbor before heading back toward Murphy Park on County G. So there'll be some slowdowns around there. But then, like you said, my favorite event of the weekend that kids try Saturday afternoon from two to five when Sean Ryan, seven, eight years ago, when I was still working the event every year, when he suggested, Hey, we're going to do a kid's try on Saturday afternoon. And as a worker, like it's a, it's a long few days working the triathlon. It takes a ton of, of volunteers, ton of police support. And for the staff members, it's just like, you know, 
they blow the horn at 4 a.m. to wake everybody up and everyone starts working and you're going until sundown. And when he decided he was going to add this, I'm like, how are we doing this, Sean? This is stupid. Why are we doing a kid's try? And, oh, better yet, like you're working the kid's try specifically. I'm like, I hate you. You're like, why are we doing this? Like, just wait till you see it once. It's literally the highlight of your year. Just wait. And sure enough, I'm down there helping the kids get started in that first year, standing in the water. And you see them all lining up, adjusting their goggles, you know, adjusting their kits. Some of them are nervous looking at their moms or dads and they're putting this room caps on, but they're like intense. And my job was to slow them down because they wanted it. Like once one went in, you have to like pace them. So they're not in a cluster, like climbing on each other and risking drowning or anything. So you have to hold them back and it's like actually hard. They just want to go. You know? Yeah. And, and what are the age ranges on the kids? Six to 14. Yeah. And it's not, it's not mostly 14 year olds. There's a no, lot of like the young kids. Yeah. And they're the best. They're so cute. Like when they, they, they go into the water and they like doggy yeah. paddle through the, the 40 lifeguards who are all creating the, it is like a lifeguard per yard yeah. in there. And some of it is not so much to keep them safe, but to keep them going in a straight line because they'll start to, we found if you go like, if the lifeguards are 20 feet apart, a kid will just go off at sort of a right angle. <laughs> yeah. So you got to bring them back in. But the lifeguards do a great job. It's an incredibly safe event. The kids come out of the water. They're, some of them have kits on, so they got to strip off the kit, but most of them can just like hop on their bike. And, you know, some of them are hopping on banana seats. Some of them yeah. have actual cool aerodynamic bikes. Some of them have mountain bikes. Some of them have feathers flying off of them. And that's so cool. So you guide them down the, the, the bike course, and then they get out and do the run. And I've had... You know, there's been some really cool moments. I like getting a little like choked up thinking about this with some kids who didn't think they could do it, and you cheer them along, and the parents come out there and do it with them, or sometimes other kids that are ahead of them, and this kid's struggling, and another kid will like stop and walk with a kid who's struggling, or reach back, or like you can do it, and and they overlap each other on the way back, and they'll cheer each other on. So like, if you just need a pick me up of saying like I want to feel good about the world today. Just go down there and cheer on these kids in this in the run portion at the end of it and yeah. watch how they treat each other. And it'll help wipe away, at least for a day, some of those negative feelings about whatever yeah. you have. No, I, I love the triathlon. The kids triathlon is, is incredible. I love the triathlon because it's like, this is the hardest event you can do in Door County. Like, yeah. this is the pinnacle of athleticism. And these people are like the strongest. They have the most endurance. Like, these are warriors out there doing the try. My and you know what? It is not all the most fit people you could imagine. I've right. seen some people that you would never guess could finish this. Again, as somebody working the event, when somebody is going really slow, it's like sometimes you're sitting there at the end of the event and you are just waiting for like four people out on the course to finish. And everybody else is done, but this person might be at like mile 11. And there is definitely a big part of you that's like, hey, come on, like we, we can't keep this whole event going and all the roads monitored and all these volunteers out here for one person. But then you see that person come down that final hill and you see what it means to that one person, whatever they might have in their head, whether it's them trying to, to get in shape, get over an injury, you know, work through a divorce, a breakup. Like there's so many things, cancer, you know, you see every year I do these events and you find out that that person was doing this in memory of something or as they're battling themselves. So when they finish, it is just such a emotional thing. There's the most emotional part are those last people. It's not the first place guys right? It's cool. It's awesome to see them finish and what they can do, but that's, that doesn't pull at your heartstrings, but it's those, the end of the day, those are the things that make you go like, this was worth it. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And, and what I was getting at more of like, for me with like the half marathon or any other race, it's like, 
the time is the cool part, right? Like, wow, they did it this fast. For the triathlon, I don't care about the time. It's just, yeah. you, you finished it, wow. Like, I can't even admit, even if you just finished the swim, I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I couldn't, I could <laughs> well, never. I can't imagine doing the swim, honestly. Right, like and is, you have to do it first. Like, I could do the kids swim, but yeah. the, and maybe I could do the sprint swim. I probably could, but it would be, it would be a tough day for the lifeguards and myself. But the the 1.2 mile swim, I just can't fathom it. I'm more of a doggy paddler. I yeah. realized that once I once I went swimming with my wife once, and I was like, "Oh, you glide through the water. That's how you're supposed to do this, right?" Yeah, I, I don't do that. No, I was I very brief tangent. I uh, I got to swim in a pool that was eight feet deep for the first time in like I don't know forever. When was the last time you got to swim? Like no floor, couldn't stand swim. It's a good question, right? That's fun. Yeah, in a pool. But if I'm out in the lake and I'm and there's no floor, I'm like, <laughs> this is it. I'm well, all you're going to do it with fifty other people clamoring to get ahead of you. Yeah, like literally trying to race and get a position. Like that's in the half iron. The interesting thing that I learned working the event was that if they pull thirty people out of the water, they are not pulling people out of the water at the one mile mark. There's some, but most of the people they pull out of the water. If you're familiar with horseshoe or I call it Horseshoe Bay Beach, Murphy Park. If you're familiar with the beach there, there's a long pier. Majority of them are pulled basically right around the end of that pier because it's that condensed portion at the beginning and the adrenaline and like suddenly being amongst a lot of waves and a lot of splashing and suddenly not really knowing where you are where people panic. And then they get around and there might be some wave action in the big water and they get around the dock and it's, they just, or maybe they trained for months, but they only trained in a pool. They never trained in open water. So then you're hit with open water for the first time and right. you're not used to wave action and everything. So it's kind of, there's so many interesting aspects of, of that event. Yeah. You know, how they all have like the high visibility swimming caps so you can kind of see if anybody needs help. They would have to give me a bright orange glove because 10 feet in, all you would see is my thumb sticking out of the water, sinking down <laughs> like the end of Terminator. That's all you'd see of me. So <laughs> gotta be careful. Um, I love that. You just managed to compare yourself to the Terminator. That's a good segue. Yeah. Yeah. Are you saying that because of my age, I was able to reference the Terminator movie or because, you know, me and Arnold look you so look much alike? Similar. I was going to say, though, my favorite part, knowing that, you know, these people are all warriors. My two favorite parts are at the end of the swim when they're laying on the ground and people are pulling their wetsuits off. That part always yeah. makes me laugh. And then the other part is right when they finish, they all jump into a big pool full of ice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, ah, refre- a nice refreshing cup of people. Like so many things that I can't do. Yeah. <laughs> like jumping in that thing of ice. Couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'd imagine after a triathlon, that feels really Probably good feel to, really go in, <laughs> to go in there. I feel like if I, if I did even the kids try and then jumped into the pool of ice, my body would shatter. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it would expand from all of the heat and then I'd jump in there and it would contract and just explode. <laughs> all right. Well, I feel like I've done myself enough disservice yeah. in talking about my abilities. Uh, is there anything else folks need to know? I think we got the big stuff. All right. Then the last thing that I will say before we wrap up is uh, I, I just want to share that I have basically ruined all office productivity for the next week. Because I found out that Google Maps now lets you look at every year that it's been through on Street View. So you can compare as recently as August 2022 on the highways in Door County on on 42 and 57, at least in like the towns, all the way back to 2008. Mm -hmm. And there's like 2008, 
2015, 2018, 2019. So you can see a lot of change going back almost 20 years now. 2008, 20 years ago, I don't think they're pretty close, which yeah, is no, shocking to say. But I was doing that. Miles, you were taking a look at it. We were kind of going through together. Yeah, you ruined a good hour of my productivity yesterday. Yeah, and uh, this is something that I recommend all people up here who are interested in seeing how things have changed. It's really cool. You go back in Sister Bay to 2008. This is before everything changed up there. You can really get a feel for how much is different. But the reason that I bring this up is because we want to find a way to do some sort of like video podcast where we just walk through and talk about the changes that we notice. I don't know when it's going to happen. When it does, it won't be on this podcast feed because it's going to be an audio or a video thing. So just pay attention to the Pulse Facebook, darkhoneypulse.com. We will link it if we're able to, to figure out a way to do it. But I think it would be fun and I think people would really enjoy especially seeing your insight, somebody who grew up here, being able to kind of go through these changes. I mean, the thing that was most fascinating to me is seeing buildings I'd never seen before and <laughs> businesses that I didn't know anything about. And you'd be yeah. like, oh, that's old so-and-so. And no, oh, this used to be this. So we'll, we'll find a way to do it and we'll let you know when it happens. But it, it should be a lot of fun to kind of reminisce and to, to compare how things have changed in the towns. Well, and you know, it's, it's remarkable that it works out this way. But so the first year is 2008. Well, the first year that they started collecting room tax, I believe, was 2008 in most communities and 2009. The year that Sister Bay bought all the property, started buying property on Waterfront Park, was the end of 2007. So you actually didn't start seeing some of that get public until 2008, 9, 10. So for each town, this era includes like when Fish Creek expanded their beach, when Bailey's Harbor has done some spruce ups at like Anclam Park and, and other public facilities, Egg Harbor expanded their waterfront beach and redid their marina. All these major projects have happened in that time frame that it's amazing that we now have this like we don't have to go on anecdotes. And that's something I always get really frustrated as a reporter is people talking about this is the way it used to be. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Or like forgetting forgetting history for the most part. Right. And not providing the proper context as they're making decisions right. today. And not make having whatever decision you want, but make it on the right data and context. Yeah. And not having just a photo to compare to. Like, oh, here's a photo taken in 2008, and here's a photo that we took to kind of recreate the same staging of it so you can see how it's different. This is full panoramic 3D looking yeah. around at things as they were. Yeah. So you can really see some mistakes that were made, some things that are good, some things that are bad. And you can correlate it with when they started collecting room tax. So then they had more money to spend on some of this. So you can see the benefit or not. And that results in more marketing. So you can see the things that happen from a tourism standpoint. You can see the restaurant improvements or not improvements. I'd say mostly improvements. And like I said, you can see what the villages look like before they opened up some of these waterfront areas and public spaces. And now what they look like today. And you can go, oh, yeah, that's that's good. Or yeah. I like the old thing. Like you know, whatever you might say. You can hear clearly we have a lot of excitement about this. Um, So we'll find a way to do it. And then after we do it, we'll mention it in the podcast. How did you find this, by the way, Andrew? So I I was looking for something on Street View and then I realized, oh, wow, this is recent. Because I'm used to, if you've ever looked at Street View for Door County, the last time they went through in 2018, it was like a stormy kind of overclass, gloomy day. So if you're going through and like, oh, I wonder what Door County looks like. You didn't have a good impression of most of it because it just kind of looked gross. But I noticed hey, way better pictures. It's sunny. It looks really good. Things are updated. I think I noticed when I was going through Bailey's Harbor and saw that the Lakeshore Adventures building was done. Mm. And I was like, oh, this must have been really recent. So I looked for the date. It tells you when it was taken. But I actually didn't see that at first. I was looking at 
the Pulse newspaper in the little dispensers outside of the office <laughs> and then comparing it to which cover it was to find <laughs> out when the date was. But then as I was, you know, looking for more stuff, I found out that there's a little button that says show more dates. And then you click that and all of a sudden, boom, there's every every time that Street View has been through. And like I said, your mileage may vary depending on what road you're on. Some places have only ever been gone through once. But I think the reason Google did this is so that there'd be a much more cohesive network of photos to show you. So if you are going through on something recent and then you click to a street that hasn't been done recently, rather than not letting you go there, it just shifts back to the yeah. last time it was taken. Right. That would be my thought. And since that infrastructure is already there, they're like, let's just let people see everything all the time. So that's how I, I found it. And then immediately was like, I'm going to lose so much time on this. I shared it with you and you were scared of the same thing. Well, it's a huge resource for urban planners, for, for journalists, really. Like, yeah. To walk through this, like, let's say, take the Lakeshore Adventures building. And I haven't gone through Bailey's Harbor on this like you have. But to actually show what that was in 2008, which was an abandoned associated bank building when they closed it during the Great Recession. Yep. And then it was just a parking lot a parking lot with a tiny little hub of a of a bank in the middle of it and so you got to compare that to what it is now i mean it's it might change that discussion for some people yeah and a, a lot of developments and you way. can do that everywhere now yeah. which is great every single town for the most part is going to have all the way back to 2008 and you can go oh wow this is what you know this is the change in in 20 years and you can say like you said some mistakes some good some bad and but now you can at least point to these things. I got a feeling we're going to be using it all the time when it comes to oh. like talking about history stuff or, or talking about updates on projects that have been in the works for a long time. You can actually just boom, show this is what it was and not having to hunt down a photo for it. You can, there it is. It, it's really, really cool. Well, you know, like I wish I, I knew this or maybe it's, it's brand new, but like uh, I gave a presentation about basically the evils of planning around parking a few weeks ago. And if I'd had this, it would, it shows even more. And the benefits of trees was another part of this presentation. And I know I harp on that all the time, but when we were looking and you are strolling through sister Bay and that the old one, sister Bay has done a lot of things, right. But they didn't, for whatever reason, the work wasn't put in to preserve the tree canopy at all. And I'm sure that a lot of it had to come out, but they probably would have been well served even if it was like, $15,000 to save a tree in a certain yeah. spot and you had to work around it. When you look through it, it's pretty remarkable how much of a tree canopy once was there over their downtown streets that is gone now. Yeah. And you think about it and you go, oh man, it would feel so much better. I wouldn't feel, it wouldn't feel so much concrete and, and stark in places and the development wouldn't stick out as much if yeah. you just had that. And to me, that just throws a huge red flag with Egg Harbor because you go, if you compare those photos and then you, if, if I'm sitting in Egg Harbor, I'm going, oh man, we're going to do the same thing. Yeah. And we'll, we'll go over all of that. I'm sure when we actually do this, I don't want to, you know, spoiler everything, spoiler everything, or just make this podcast an hour long talking Sorry. about how, how cool it all is, but we'll find a way to do it. And we'll let you know how we do it as we go through and, and chat about everything. But if you, you know, are inspired by this conversation to go look at stuff on your own and you see any other like big, cool changes like that or anything, take a screenshot and send it to me at Andrew at ppulse.com. Cause it would be cool to, to gather up, you know, what sticks out to people. Yeah. Cause if people do this enough, this is going to spark a ton of conversation in, in right. all sorts of 
different ways that people will be like, look, see, it used to be better. Look, see how much worse it was. And you'll, you'll just get a lot of that just on top of really interesting anecdotes. Like I'm sure that there's hundreds of businesses that are not there anymore that were there in 2008 that people yeah. can go in and actually see again. Yeah. So let me know if you, if you see any cool stuff. And uh, with that, I think we'll wrap up. Thank you, Miles, for chatting with me. And I look forward to chatting with you again. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.